on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome oh, to hello. Ruined. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie. And also, if you uh, are watching this, um, we will have video available in the future. I've dyed my hair, and I, I have very complicated feelings about it. Yeah, I think that this conversation will be heard in audio <laughs> and will be an excellent uh, reason for people to join our Patreon and get video access to all of our recordings but Hallie, I like it. But I understand when I like chopped all my hair like really short, which for me is like to the shoulder. Um, I went home and was like, I have made the biggest mistake <laughs> yes. of my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I feel like it's sort of um, in case you're just listening to the audio, it's sort of um, a hot pink, sort of an under dye. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, this is a reminder. So our Patreon will be coming in a few weeks. Not right now. So yes, in case you're like, yes. I'm dying to see it, I'll put it. I'll put it on Instagram or something. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's a bold departure from my normal, just regular old brown hair, and it it does conjure uh, for people of a certain age. To me, it speaks. It's very MySpace 2007, which is I mean, we are going to head back there. Fashion I'm works in 20 it. year I'm cycles. Getting, I'm getting that. You need like a dark, like coal style, yes. like under eyeliner. I already and have, like, like to, a heavy bag. And to be, like, way too close to the camera. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's huge like, eyes. Have, yes, yes. Anime-style eyes. And, and like, being, um, like, like, a Beetlejuice striped, like, sweater that I pulled down over my mm-hmm. hands. Yes. Yes. Um, maybe that's my thing. Yeah, like, just looking like Beetlejuice, um, you know, some sort of uh, crossover Hot Topics. Maybe we should be sponsored by Hot Topic. Hot Topic, I, if, if you want to sponsor us. If you want to sponsor us, we will gladly take that sponsorship money <laughs> and spend it on uh, leather bracelets or whatever else you got over there these days. I think it's, I remember a lot Hot of Do you think Hot Topic like, is still, I have not I'm looked. I'm Google. If they are still kind of em- embracing the vibe that they had during the heyday of our mall going Oh no, years. you think, you think in the interim. That maybe um, they've, that maybe oh, what Hot Topic is has evolved. Um, and maybe it's in the way that, like, most stores have, okay. like, changed a little bit. I'm just like, what is Hot Topic's, you um, know? I'm on HotTopic.com. And okay, we great. are, we, we're seeing a lot of Stranger Things. Okay, right. Oh, because they feels did a lot right. of branded stuff anyway. Yeah, we have a lot of anime. We have uh, BTS. We have Marvel. We have Nirvana. Okay. I feel like things that had they existed when we were young, we would have, they are of a piece, I think. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I think that all, like, makes sense. Yeah. I like a lot of fan stuff, a lot of, like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, sort of cutesy, dark. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of the same. Maybe more of an anime direction than when we were younger. Yeah, and, I feel like um, everything in general is, like, lighter in, like, the things that we can purchase these days because I think the things beyond purchase are all darker. <laughs> 
This is an interesting theory. This is it's interesting <laughs> like, to hear you say that. Even like most, even like high fashion that is usually like like we we don't do grunge anymore. Like everything yes. is like it's hot pink bodycon, and it's like oh right because like people with uteruses don't have a right to abortion anymore. It's like those are the ba- that's the balance. It's like mm. you can buy like really cute bucket hats because <laughs> the minimum wage hasn't changed since two thousand three or whatever. Like it's yeah. like all those things are kind of balancing each other out. So I would imagine that like. Hot Topic would take that step with the rest of culture, but still kind of embody what, like, Hot Topic always has been. Yeah, I appreciate you going so wide with it. I think you're absolutely right. (laughs) And, of course, they have those little Funko guys, those little Funko. Mm, um, mm -hmm. My God, they still have have Linkin Park. They have Metallica. They have Motley Crue. They have people. I guess if you're, like, a a teen or tween now, you'll still find these bands, you know. Now they also have like a Doja Cat, you know. They have, um, and by God, under featured artists, they have Billie Eilish. That makes sense. She seems very That is like completely in step with what I imagine to be there. And this to me, you know, whether you're young or old, they still have an entire section devoted to the band Korn. Now, I haven't thought of Korn in a while. And their first Uh, LP, 1994 Korn, I, mean, I believe that corn is a tent pole of Hot Topic. Like, it still is. There's numerous shirts. There is a uh, a Funko of one of uh, the lead singer of Corn. Corn is the Hot section. Topic as like Law and Order is to NBC. You know, right? My God, yeah. If you pull the Corn piece out of the, it Jenga, all falls apart. All the whole sweater apart. unravels. The whole Beetlejuice striped sweater becomes a <laughs> pile of yarn. Um, so head on over to hottopic.com. We don't get any money or anything from it, but no, hey, it's there. It's still there. So shout out to Hot Topic and and my hair as a result. I have to say, I like the hair. I think it's a fun look. Oh, also, like hair is hair. I don't. Yes. I'm trying to embrace that in all aspects of like. I don't know. Don't you feel like I'm sure you're feeling it, especially and as much like it. Like it feels like a time of like I want to change something. Yeah, and like. Physical Absolutely. appearance is like an easy one. Uh, hair, clothes, and makeup are the, the go-to. I feel like everyone I know with tattoos is currently like, I should get another tattoo. I just got another one and scheduled another appointment for when I'm in Los Angeles. I mean, it's truly just, I can't stop. It doesn't you, matter. I want to know where you going to Los Angeles. I've also been thinking about getting a tattoo. Um, our friend Erin Lennox has a, a gal that she goes to and set us up an appointment to get, we're going to get like matching ones of, oh, you know, cool. we don't even know yet. Just, just we were like, we should that's get tattoos. Awesome. So, but yes, I feel like that's like all it, you know, my friend is doing it with piercing. She's like, I just got another like couple oh, yeah, yeah. holes in my ear. And it's like, sure, why not? Nothing matters anymore. <laughs> yeah, you, you absolutely said it. Um, well, let us begin. Not that we want to dwell on the the, the painful um, realities of, of life, but unfortunately yes. the movie we're doing this week is <laughs> all about the painful realities of life. It actually kind of dovetails nicely with... Um, the horror of, of modern life and, and everything that's going on with uh, Roe vs. Wade being overturned. so. But, um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to get the hair thing out of the way. Also, it, it, do, it, is, it is well done. It's all dyed underneath it, so I appreciate, Oh, yes. Know. Oh, she did a great job. Oh, beautifully I think done. Beautifully done. I think done. that you're reacting to... Change. The color being... Change and the color being, obviously, it's most vibrant today. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll tone down You're imagining... You were going in wanting what you'll have in a week and a half. 
Yeah, and I and so. I feel I feel can't wait. Feel great about it. It'll be great. It'll and, be a um, fun sh- surprise. <laughs> shout out to um, my hair stylist, um, you, you, Caroline. You can find her at Haroline on Instagram. If you're in LA, like please get your girl. hair done. She does beautiful work. I just am struggling with change, struggling with the idea of being seen. You know, it, yes. uh, it, hot topic still exists. You know, um, we're learning. My space new is things. gone. You know, yes. like cha- the the uh, overwhelming. Um, you know, the the wave of life rolls on. It does. Um, but uh, the movie we are doing this week, we've been on kind of a Stephen King kick, and this is no different. We are going to be doing Gerald's Game, and um, this is a tough one. It, this is from 2015, and I, you know, I, again, I, I've talked we talked about this a little bit before, but it's like I struggle with knowing when to give content warnings. But mm. I feel like this one, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I, so yes, I think so. This uh, content warning, if you're someone where it's like, you know, I'm just not in a mood to hear something, is hear about uh, child abuse and in a very realistic way, um, don't feel free to skip this one. Unfortunately, yeah. this is a, it's very, I think a very well done move, a movie. It's, I think it's like handled very sensitively and like considering it's a horror movie, but it's still, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's central to it in a way that other, even like the black phone, it's sort of yeah. like a, a wink and a nod to what's actually going on. This is, that's, we're going to get into it. We're going to get okay. into the specifics okay. of it. Wow. I know. I can and, see that now. And, um, oh, sorry. This came actually came out in 2017. It was directed by Mike Flanagan, who, if you are a fan, a fan of horror, I first became aware of Mike Flanagan. He, he did The um, Haunting of Hill House, mm. which is a phenomenal TV show that we absolutely have to do for the Patreon. We gotta, yeah, we got to do that. We got to get into the TV horrors because there's just been so many of the last, like, four or five years, I think, especially, that people are dying for. Um, he also did um, Midnight Mass on Netflix, uh, which is a miniseries. And he's doing The Midnight Club, which is based on the Christopher Pike like YA novel. And I love The Midnight Club, so I'm so excited to see that. And I think he'll do a great job based on, um, you know, watching this film. Um, and Allison, what are your thoughts about Gerald's Game based on the trailer? Whew. I mean... I all I do think that like a movie where someone is like trapped in a small space for I I I would imagine that like because of her sleepwalking or memories or falling asleep or dreams or whatever that we kind of leave the bedroom at some point but being trapped in a small space for the entirety of a film like that's just some of the scariest stuff you can do it's like yeah this is it like once you've tried everything, you've tried everything. And that's what it really, like, I feel like you really get that from the trailer. Um, also, is that Sam Neill? Um, it is not Sam Neill. Who is but it? he What's does look like him. Hang on okay. one second. It is. That um, actor is super familiar, but maybe just because he looks like Sam Neill. I was like, is, Sam Neill looks great. Is Bruce Greenwood, and he does bear a striking resemblance. He's been in a ton of stuff. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely recognize him into, independently from his resemblance to Jurassic Park, Samuel, but um, he's he's in the uh, reboot, the series of Star Trek, the films. He's um, he played. He was in People vs. OJ Simpson. Mm. Um, he was on Mad Men. He's he also looks like a period he was actor. On Mad he's Men. on a ton yep. of yeah. Anybody um, that's been on Mad Men, no, like I have watched <laughs> that show all the way through at least four or five times at this point. So anybody that's been on that show, I recognize instantly. Anyway, he looks great. Yeah, they um, and, and, and they are a very attractive older couple, and, and that's sort of I think part of it too. The actress that plays so that's Carla Gugino. Yes, who um, fabulous. She's also in so um, the Haunting Stunning. of Hill House. Oh, I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Stunning. I'm just uh, like, no. Now I'm sad that this becomes like <laughs> a 
horrific thriller because I'm like, can't we just watch them have sex? I mean, listen, <laughs> I in, like in another to. world, when you, we finally reboot Gerald's game, it's just going to be, <laughs> everything's going to be cool. <laughs> it's good. What well, I would say, it's just about people having sex and then going to therapy and working together on yeah. their relationship. Oh, and I then, like that. And, and, and resolving tragedies. But of course, yeah, Carla Gugino, she's been, uh, made her debut, I believe, in True Beverly Hills, a phenomenal movie oh. as, a, as a kid. Iconic. And, I mean, you know, uh, she's in Watchmen, of course, Night of the Museum. Mm. Yes, yes. And, and a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff um, as well. And but they both she's look fabulous. great. Yeah. And I think that, like, for anyone who, like, thinks about or, like, dabbles in, like, bondage or, like, these kinds of fantasies, like, this is your worst-case scenario. Yes. Like, yeah. this is the, like, <laughs> we're, all, we're all cool here, right? Like, I'm not going to end up stuck here for some reason. Like, and we get the humorous version of it in Seinfeld where that lady leaves George for money and tricks him and handcuffs him to the oh, bed. Yes. And she's like, for $6? Uh, and then she just takes his clothes and leaves. Um, but this is, of course, the the absolute horror and, and psychological thriller version, which I'm ready to hear about, I think. <laughs> and then, and then of course, that brings us to the baseline scary. We always like to t- check in with Allison about the, the main horror of um, the movie. And I think it is, it's, it's how scary do you find the concept of being um, unable to leave a place, to be physically trapped somewhere. And then beyond that, while you're physically trapped, being sort of having to do a deep dive into your own psyche? I mean, I think that, like, on a much less uh, physically constraining level, that was what the early lockdowns of the pandemic felt like. It's just sitting... But, like, to think about that experience without um, 60,000 television shows and (laughs) delivery that I can eat at any time and a liquor cabinet full of, like, fancy cocktail things, like... Without all of that to just sit and think and stew, um, awful, terrifying, very scary, horrific. And but I will say that there is something I think really valuable about that time, uh, where you sort of force to sit with yourself. And I think what we're sort of started, it's sort of take away from Jill's game at the end is like, as horrible as this experience was, it does sort of allow her to, or force her to deal with some things that she has been avoiding her whole life. Mm, and it, kind yes. of in a way where, like, it does seem, not that not that I think people should be chained to the, the headboard for, for, for days on end. No. But if you were to be, the movie suggests, well, maybe, maybe that you'd get more done than if you just went to a therapist, you know? Silver lining, fast-tracking therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, of course, yeah, in real life, I, it, it would just be more therapy afterwards. But, you I know, mean, hey, nothing wrong with more therapy. There is nothing wrong with more therapy. Um, and then finally, um, Allison, based on what you know and um, based solely on the trailer, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. My guess is that he planned this heart attack. Oh, okay. Like, this is all too, like, LOL, like, we're having, I'm going to chain you up. And, like, either this was something he, like, knew was coming or he, like, has some terminal illness or something. So he, like, took a pill to be, like, all right, I'm going to, like, to, like, punish her for whatever. Wow, okay. I don't know. This is great. No, this is excellent. (laughs) This is, now you got horror movie brain working. Yeah, I know. Now I'm really, like, clicking into this in a way that I'm not thrilled with uh, psychologically. Sorry. I got to take you with me. (laughs) Well, let us begin by ruining Gerald's game. Mm. And I said, my first line says, we see an overhead shot of an attractive older couple packing for vacation. I mean, 
You love to see it. And um, yeah, so they're like, I was again, like you could already tell they're rich, like the the bedroom in their oh. ho- bedroom at home, gorgeous. So you see them, they're putting their um, like oh, weekender bags like on the bed and filling them up, and then finally. The husband, Gerald, adds his last item, and it's a pair of serious hardcore metal handcuffs. So these are not like funny bachelorette handcuffs. Yeah, where, like, fuzz, you, like uh, the fuzzy, like hot pink, like marabou around exactly. them. Which does feel like maybe that's what beginners should use. So in case something does go wrong, you can break them. Right, they're plastic. It's the, because these they were are, sold at Hot Topic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, or Spencer's. Spencer's. Uh, cousin to, partner of uh, Hot Topic. But, yeah, these are, like, legit, like, you cannot escape handcuffs, which are a lot when you're sort of starting things out. And we meet up with Gerald and uh, his wife, Jessie, and they're driving out to a lake house. It's gorgeous. It's, like, it implies it's owned by a couple friend of theirs who's, like, you know, we we sent the, the housekeeper up. The gardener took care of everything. The couple friend has stocked the fridge for them because I think this is sort of, like, a not necessarily, like, a last-ditch effort, but this sort of, like, Jesse and Gerald have been disconnected, and this is sort mm-hmm. of like we're trying to come back and have like a romantic, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. make steaks and drink champagne type of thing. Okay. And Gerald starts to like even on the car on the drive up, um, which by the way they live in New Orleans, and then this is set in um, Fairhope, Alabama, which I guess in, it, it's a like lake house there, so it's they're headed okay. up the coast. I because I kept thinking how humid it must be this entire I, movie. I mean. Those are two states that I do not wish to travel to based exclusively on humidity and then also several other things. Yeah, several other factors at play. <laughs> so um, while they're in the car, Gerald immediately starts to like kind of put the moves on Jesse. Like he puts his hand up her thigh, but she moves her, his hand away. But he said, you know, I think this will be really good for us. We're going to reconnect over the weekend. But clearly when Gerald thinks of reconnecting, it's like, as soon as we get there, I'm going to go to town. We're you know fucking, what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what this is about, really, to him. Yeah, it's the physical connection. That'll fix everything. Yes. And, it, yeah, it does it always. Uh, Allison, on the radio, we hear a breaking news story about a um, robbery at a county cemetery in which, at least, in which at least one casket was exhumed. But we don't I get to hear the rest of it. I did not see this coming. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a whole other aspect of play in this film. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't hear the rest of the radio story because Gerald slams on the brakes and he barely misses this sort of scrabbly-looking dog eating a dead possum r- sort of right near where their house is going to be. Circle of life. Jesse's immediately like, he looks starving. He has a collar. He must belong to someone. Let's go look. But Gerald, hard-hearted, he drives on. He's like, I have a lot of important business calls to make. And, I, and as soon as they get out of the car, he starts making his business calls, as you do. I mean, business calls and then fucking. That's... That's what a weekend at a lake house is when you're an older, rich couple. <laughs> Nothing more romantic. And they, they check out the kitchen. And again, like, it is stocked with, like, steaks and fruit and, and all sorts of, like, gorgeous, delicious-looking food. And Jessie goes and she takes one of the steaks to feed to the dog. And she kind of, like, cuts it up. And I, even I was like, that's, like, a really nice steak. Yeah. And Gerald comes down and sort of chides her. It's and full it's on like, the raccoon, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, exactly. And uh, he he's like, that's Kobe beef. It's $200 uh, a serving. But then he sees how Jesse is like sort of on the defensive. He's like, you know what? Let yeah. that dog enjoy it. You know, because he sure. doesn't want to ruin his, his romantic plans, you know. We also see Gerald take a Viagra. So Gerald is like, they've been there 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like Gerald's like, I, okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm here to play. So he reigns in his annoyance and he's sort of like, probably like they've been here like an hour Leads her up to the bedroom. 
Allison, the one thing that this makes no sense this movie is when they come into the house after feeding the dog, they leave the front door ajar. That would never happen, especially back then. In, back then. in Louisiana, where I imagine everyone has air conditioning, I people yes. are constantly yelling, shut the door. Also, like, right? when you're in someone else's yes. home, or like, you're always just like, at your own house, like, you know how hard you have to pull a shut a door, you know, but like there, you're always like, is the, okay, it's this. Like, it's you also just the got f- there? Like, that would be the yes. first thing. And you don't know where you are, you don't know who's around. Exactly. It's and Alabama. It's, it's also a front door. Which you like, okay, you maybe leave the porch door, the garage door, the, like the side door. The front door, nah, not this couple. Maybe another couple, but not this couple. And uh, knowing that it's like time for a man's, Jesse goes up and she puts on this like gorgeous, like pale blue silk Love. nightgown with like a slit up the side. Very classic. Like what do you imagine like from a movie when you were a child? Like what does a sexy woman wear? It's like that kind of thing. Yes. And so when Gerald emerges from the bathroom, he's shirtless and he's already got the handcuffs, like ready to go. He's not even like, there's not even like foreplay. You know what I mean? He's I think like that the that's handcuffs. a little fast. I concur. For like, also you're there for like the weekend. Like maybe that's also like, what, it's still light out, I assume? They, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I don't 4 think p.m. Like, or something. I don't think that that kind of stuff is for when it's still light out. I would need it to be dark. Like if we're going to like get into handcuffs and but like, <laughs> It's right. got to be dark out. It must, it would be, like, it would, you would feel just like a prisoner <laughs> if you're just, like, chained to a bed at 4 p.m. Yeah, it can't be right after, like, a, a brunch. You know what yeah. I mean? It has yeah. to be after midnight. It's not afternoon play. Yeah. So they start, you know, kissing. And obviously there's some awkwardness. And, it, it, again, suggesting, like, maybe they haven't had sex in a while. Maybe they, you know. And Gerald sort of, like, in his mind being sexy, pushes um, uh, Jesse down on the bed and he starts handcuffing her to the headboard and she immediately has the same response which is like I thought they'd be like fuzzy or pink or have sort of a more novelty feel yeah. but they are police handcuffs and Jill's like well why don't you try to move and she can't and that really gets him going and he starts like kissing down her body and sort of like manhandling her which again like would be hot for people who are into that but you could tell that Jesse's like she's having You have panic. to be on the same page. Exactly. And check in. How's yeah. this going, you know? And um Gerald starts to like play out this fantasy which clearly he has in his mind which is he found her, she's trapped. She's waiting for her husband to come home and now he's going to like rape her and take advantage of her. And he's like, you could try to scream, but there's no one around for miles. And he asks her to try to scream for help, but she's sort of like laughing nervously. And he's like, I want you to try to make it feel real. And Jesse's like, you know, I think the point of this was so that we both feel sexy, but this feels weird. Mm-hmm. And he sort of like, again, starts to like rough her up and like bites her and puts his hand over her mouth. And she tells him, stop, I do not like this. But he's still in the game, so he tells her, fight all you want, daddy gets what he wants. As soon as Jesse hears on, that, man. she screams, stop calling yourself daddy and un- get me out of here. And Gerald, of course, immediately starts guilt-tripping her. Like, you said you'd try. Like, you said you'd try the things I like. She's oh, like, I you, am man. trying. I, well, yes. it's like, this was me trying, and it's not right. working, and I'm very uncomfortable. It doesn't work for me. If I'm not into it, like, that's it. Like, and then, yeah. And then sorry. also, which we already discussed, and I wrote in my notes, they've been in the house for what feels like 30 minutes. Like, I mean, let's work up to it. Yeah. Let's have a glass of you wine. You can't let's, come out the gate music. with, yeah. you know, police-grade handcuffs. Yeah, and she tells him, like, you have not touched me in months until I said that you could tie me up. And it immediately turns to a rape fantasy, and I feel ridiculous. And so Gerald's like, oh, so now I'm ridiculous. She's like, I'm not saying that you're ridiculous. I'm saying I feel rid- ridiculous. Just, uh, you know, uncuff me, and let's talk about this, please. And Gerald says, what if I won't? 
and he sort of starts the game again. And, but again, knowing Jesse is like has no interest in this, and he tells her, "Well, what if this time I'm like very sweet and gentle, gentle?" And he sort of like starts to come onto her again, and Jesse bites him, and sort of he jerks back, and they're both extremely upset. And then Gerald suddenly grabs his arm, Allison. And he collapses on top of her. He's having a heart attack, and Jesse's handcuffed to the headboard. She can do nothing. So she tries to, like, get her feet up, uh, like, to push his body up. And he's still conscious, but he's unable to, like, move. And his body falls backwards, and he rolls onto the floor, and you hear his head hit the stone floor with, like, a hard thud. So, like, perhaps if the heart attack did not kill him, the concussion and possible brain damage might. Allison, Gerald is dead. Jesse screams and screams, but no one can hear her. There's no one for miles. Um, this is she, why I don't like being in those places. Not like this is a storyline I'm going to, like, find myself in, but something happens. Right. If I can't script, I don't know, maybe this is from, like, over almost 20 years of living in New York City, but, like, if I can't scream and somebody will hear it, yeah, I don't want to be there. I concur. I, I, I again, and in this case, I think you got to get the handcuffs where there's like a lot. You can press them and it pops open. Some I, you kind know, of you can't in be case of doing emergency. Yeah, but unfortunately, she tries to pull the handcuffs off the headboard. But this is the problem with being rich. These are this is quality furniture. This is not some IKEA like you could snap that it. You, in half. Yeah, it's particle board, and you can like Luxury. break it by accident. This is like mahogany. This is gorgeous mm-hmm. heavy woods. And the handcuffs are are basically like um, they're 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 tied to the bedpost, so she cannot yes. get them off. She's again screaming, and she starts talking to Gerald's body, like really distressed, like just get up, and you could do whatever you want. Just get up, and you can get whatever do whatever you want. And again, it's shot like again very pretty tastefully. Where it's like he's he's mostly obscured by the bed, but as mm. she watches, she can see the pool of blood start to spread across the floor. Hey, Allison. Unfortunately, night has fallen. So there, it has been hours. She's screaming. There's nobody around. And the implication is, like, even if people were in the next cabin, it's far enough distance, they might not hear her that, at all. Yeah, like, and who knows if they're there or if they have something that creates sound on the Like, if you have an oh, AC yeah. running or the dishwasher TV, or a movie. Yeah, like, yeah. if you hear a distant sound, you're not going to necessarily hear it. So we see, she's trying to, like, scan the, like, the room and be like, so we see the handcuff key and Gerald's cell phone are on, like, the dresser near the bathroom. So, again, farther away. But Jesse's cell phone is on the nightstand. However, it might as well be on another planet because she right. cannot reach it. So it's close in proximity. She cannot get her body over there. Outside, Allison, Jesse can hear snapping twigs as if someone is walking around in the undergrowth. So no. to calm herself down, she starts talking to herself like, okay, it'll be dark in an hour or so. You know, Allison, she hears a creaking on the stairs. She's thinking maybe the couple who owns this place, she's screaming, Nate, Kelly, is that you? I'm up, up, up here. No. Allison, it's not a person on the stairs. It's the dog. And the dog is unfortunately still very hungry. And just starts immediately gnawing on Gerald's arm, you know. And, and Jesse's trying to shoot away, like stamping her feet on the bed. But that dog don't care. No, it, ate, it was eating a dead possum on the street. It has no problem being around you two. Yeah. And um, he, like, rips a uh, chunk out of Gerald's arm. Allison, suddenly Gerald stands up. And he's like, oh, my God, that dog fucking bit my arm. And Jesse's like, what? How is this possible? And he turns to him, he's like, that's the damn dog you had to fucking feed. You should have given him all of our steaks so he wouldn't be here eating you right now. 
Unfortunately, Allison, Jesse looks down, and she can still see Gerald's actual body on the ground. Yeah. The Gerald talking to her is not real, and it will kind no. of be like one of her companions throughout this. Okay. And he reminds her of, an, of like a, a memory that she had sort of like blocked out. It's like, do you remember the joke you interrupted at my holiday party, and you didn't hear the beginning, you just heard the punchline, but you did, I didn't know you were there when I was telling the joke. And the, the punchline, it's, the setup is, what is a woman anyways? And Jesse said, the punchline was, a life support system for a cunt. And Gerald says, you never brought it up to me that you heard that. And Jesse's like, okay, well, I knew it was like an off-color joke, but you're not that kind of person. And Gerald's like, well, that's the question, isn't it? Was I putting on a show? Or was that who I really was, unguarded? Because Ooh. I didn't know you were there. And Jesse says, recently enough, what the fuck is happening right now? Correct. <laughs> like, that is the is only this? logical response. And Joe's like, look, you've been here for hours already. You've been screaming for hours. Um, you're losing your mind. You're doing what you've always done. We've all done your whole life. You're running. You're retreating into your own mind. You are a life support system for your brain. How many hours of batteries do you think you have left? And so Gerald starts like calculating, like, okay, Nate and Kelly aren't coming until June. The house is clean, the lawn is mowed. So there's at least a week until the the gardener and the housekeeper come. Like they're like uh, Gerald handled all that. So there's hey. gonna be hypothetically no one there for a week. And that's like best case scenario. Yeah. Allison, Jesse is able to wrench her hand out of one of the cuffs and then breaks off the other bedposts and she smiles and she's thrilled. Of course, when she turns back to bed, she's still there. So now we have a fictional Jesse and a fictional Gerald essentially arguing with a real Jesse at each other, which is like, Jesse's like, oh my God. Oh, it's like bad enough to be trapped alone, <clears throat> but to be like relitigating arguments you've had with your estranged, like your husband with whom you have a rocky relationship, like throughout this. And also, I've got to ask if, if we find out, or like the question you and I always have what's happening with the bathroom? Well, is you know, she, they don't address it. And let me tell you, she's there was just long enough that they should address they should what's address. happening with the bathroom. Now, I guess they, they don't they touch on it at all. Since they didn't eat a meal together before they in, embarked on this sexual journey, mm-hmm. she could get away with just having to pee, at least for the right. first day. To me, it's almost like I'd rather we, like, see it's like she's able to, like, scoot off the bed to pee and then scoot back. Like, that yeah. to me would be... But then it's like once you get into it, it's, it, it does... It starts it makes to a lot of unru- questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, I was just wondering if it ever gets addressed because, like, I don't know. I pee every, like, two hours. <laughs> um, Allison, the, so I'm going to call her faux Jesse. So the, the sort of the fictional Jesse of the mind. I'm going to say faux Jesse. Okay. Versus real Jesse. Okay. And faux Jesse says to real Jesse... You've been sleepwalking since you were 12 years old. If you don't stop now, you will die in this bed. And real Jesse sort of blanches and says, like, and we're not now. I'm not going to talk to you about now, about that now. And faux Jesse says, well, if you're not going to deal with it now, when are you going to deal with that? Gerald is like, well, what are we talking about? What happened when you were 12? And faux Jesse says to regular Jesse, he put you in those handcuffs way before Gerald did. And Gerald asks, who is he? Suddenly... Jessie finds herself alone, and she watches as the sun goes down, and she tries to, like, reach her phone with her feet. No dice. Yeah. And that's just sort of, like, at the ongoing into the evening, like, faux and, like, Jessie and, uh, faux Jessie and Gerald, like, arguing, criticizing, faux Jessie brainstorming, like, trying to come up with anything. Yeah. You know, and Jess, Gerald's like, how long could someone live without water? And Jessie says, I think, like, three days. <sighs> And she starts to be like, I just wanted to please you so bad. This is such a fucking stupid idea. I can't believe this. 
And Jill's like, you know, remember when I started taking Viagra? I took them for six months without telling you. But then you found the prescription and never brought it up to me. And Jesse's like, yeah, I remember the last time you tried it without a pill. And Jill says, yeah, I couldn't get hard until I held your hands above your head and choked you. And I was harder than you had felt in years. And you just laid back and took it. And Jesse's like, yeah, that was the first time I asked myself, man, really, who did I marry? It's like, that's tough. That's, that that's a tough, yeah. That is tough. And, but then faux Jesse interrupts and says, well, one thing's for sure. You're going to be glad he took those pills. And Jesse's like, what do you mean? And she looks up, and the glass of water that Gerald used to take his pill is sitting on the shelf above her head. Yes. So there's a glass of water. So she's like, how do I get this down without spilling it? She essentially has to jostle the shelf. She's able to reach up and jostle the shelf till it gets to the lip. So it's like this agonizing moment of, like, this heavy glass. Oh, my God. And you know it's, like, again, expensive. Expensive glass oh, uh, full of yes, water. A, lo- a lovely glass. A crate and, and barrel or up. And again, she's only been there so long, but she's already parched. Like, the idea of, like, a sip of water But is also, like, so... you've been screaming. Yes. And she's, she grabs the glass, and she smiles, only to see Gerald smirking with her. Allison, she can't get the glass to her lips. Oh, my her, God. Her head is too far away, and she cannot get her arm over to her head. Oh, my God. And so, Faux Jesse says... Do not drop it. Put it back on the shelf. We're going to figure out later what to do. But we still, we know it's there. Right. Yes. Meanwhile, the dog is going back for more meat, which sounds disgusting. And Faux Jesse tells her, the dog Eating is Eating Gerald. Yeah, he's, the dog. Also, I'm like, how hungry is this dog? Like, I know dogs, they, they eat a lot, but then they, like, take a break. break yeah. You know what I mean? And Faux Jesse says to regular Jesse, you know, the dog is just doing what it has to do, so pull it together. Or tomorrow you'll be reunited with Gerald in the stomach of that fucking dog. And no. Gerald interrupts to tell Jesse, you know, I love that slip. And Jesse's like, yeah, I got it new. I, I just took the tag off of it. Allison, she reaches up onto the shelf and she finds the stiff cardboard tag. She took off the slip. She's able to roll the cardboard into a straw and then grab the water, water, water glass again and use it as a straw. And it's just long enough for her to take a sip out of the glass. Jesse is a genius. I would never... I would have died. I would have just spontaneously died. I'd be like, I, I'd be like, I give up. Yeah. Like, my body would have known that my brain couldn't do this and would have just been like, well, we're done. We had an yeah. okay run, I guess. <laughs> so having one sip of water and exa- being exhausted because she's been screaming, she falls into this une- uneasy sleep. She puts the glass back on the shelf because it still has some water because it's like, how, 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 how long am I going to be here? Right. Allison, it's the grave of night. It's like two in the morning. And Jesse wakes up to hear the distinct sound of somebody walking around the house. And we know that's not the dog because we hear, see the dog scampering out of the room. And Jesse looks, and in the darkest corner of the room, Jesse can see the outline of an extremely tall man. No. Allison, I got to ask you at this point, what would you do? What would you do? Best case scenario, he's there to rob the house and kill me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like, let's just make this quick at this point. Like, most likely he is part of her psyche and someone from her past and not actually there and can't help the physical, real Jesse get out of there. So my best, like, I would hope that that man is there to kill me. Yeah, I feel like I would yell, like, hey, if you're robbing the house, just take everything. I'm not going to tell anyone. But also, could you leave the key here so when you leave... I'll wait like an hour or something. I try to yeah, like. I would. I would. Yeah. Try and negotiate. Like, my eyes are closed. I won't care. Clearly, I've got my own mess going on that I don't have to like. 
Yeah. Like, that looks suspicious also. <laughs> like, she yes. also doesn't look like <laughs> right, yeah. a trustworthy person. Yes, yeah, so you walk it's into like, something real Your husband's dead and half-eaten by a dog, and you're conveniently chained up in a sexy slip. Like, yeah, lady, not I don't know what you're up to, but I don't want to get involved. I just came here to get a flat screen and TV. And again, best case scenario, he doesn't want to get involved. Right. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. So we see the man. He's holding a bag in a long coat. He's bald. He has some sort of skull deformity. And Jesse says, "Uh, I need help. Who are you? And the man smiles and he shows her a big bag of jewelry. And Jesse's like, oh, my God, you're not real. You're not real either. And the man sort of walks over to the bed. But then it's Gerald who sort of sidles up to Jesse and is like, maybe he's not real. Or maybe you're just not safe anymore. A person alone in the dark. Women alone in the dark are like open doors. And if they scream for help, who knows who will walk through? And he tells Jesse. <laughs> that is fucking horrific. Every line in this is like, again, it's very well done. It's so yeah. horrifying. He tells her, no matter what the words are on the death certificate, is it so hard to believe that some die of fear? Maybe some saw him like you're seeing him. The moonlight man. Maybe that's just what death looks like. And Jesse is like, nope, I am not losing my mind. I am not dying. That is not death. No. He is not real. And Joe says, if he's not real, then why did the dog leave? And Jesse looks around, but then the moonlight man is gone. So she's like, see, he was another figment just like you're a figment. And Jared's like, or he's hiding under the bed. And whenever you're falling asleep, his hand will reach over onto your warm leg. And she's like, no, it's not, it's not going not gonna to happen. Well, I'm going to get out of here. Like, Nobody would be like, I'm going to hide and wait. Like, if it's a real guy who's going to kill her. It's just going to. He's just going to kill her. She's already, like, not able to defend herself at all. Exactly. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm just robbing the place and leaving. But, again, you're just hoping that it's not one of these, like, oh, you get into the back of a car you thought was an Uber and then they never see you again. Unfortunately, it seems like there are just some people who are just waiting for an opportunity to do something horrible. Yes, that's true. Um, but Gerald, she says, no, I'm going to get out of here. I know I'm going to get out of here. And Gerald says, there's nothing you can't, there's nothing you can do, Mouse. And she jerks back and she's like, why did you call me that? Unfortunately, Gerald tells her, dream deep. And then finally we find ourselves with Jessie when she was 12. And they are, she and her family are also going to a, a, ca- a cabin on a lake. Not this cabin. Um, I guess it could be this lake. But anywho, it's some summer cabin. She's with her father, Tom her mom, Sally, and her two younger siblings, Maddie and James. And we hear on the radio, there's a total solar eclipse plan, and everyone gets ready. They're putting ice in the coolers, and the plan is to take, like, a, a boat out on the lake. And they have, like, a guy who's hired to, like, drive them around the lake. But Jessie doesn't want to go because she's afraid of being out on the water. 
And we see Jessie, like, she changes into a sundress because it's so hot. And her parents are arguing, and her mother Sally's like, I want the entire family to go. But Tom's like, I don't want to force her if she's uncomfortable. Right. And Sally's like, you know, just, she's just a total daddy's girl, and we'll do anything daddy says. It smiles for daddy, but eye rolls and fighting for everyone else. And Tom's like, well, that's like what being a tween is. Like, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And Sally's like, fine, if you want to stay with her, then you say I'm taking the other kids out. So Sally goes out with the other children and the boat driver. And Tom sits with Jesse on sort of this, like, swinging bench and while they're waiting for the eclipse. And they have one viewfinder. And he tells her, you know, that's a beautiful dress. You look like a proper young woman. And she's like, oh, thanks. And he gives her the mm-hmm. viewfinder. And she's like, well, where's yours? He's like, oh, you know, we, we must not have taken it. Or mom must have taken it. So we, we should share this one. And then he says, and this is, do you know where this is headed? Unfortunately, he's like, you know, I'm just remembering when you used to sit on my lap and count the stars. But that's stupid. You're too old to sit on my lap now. You're a, you're a grown woman. And Jesse, of course, she's a child. She wants to please her father. She's like, I'm not too big. I'm happy to sit on your lap. Yeah. Unfortunately. Not realizing at all yeah. what's happening. No, having no idea. Unfortunately, as the eclipse starts happening, she's looking at the viewfinder. Her dad starts jerking off, like, while she's on her on his lap. And he tells her, just watch the eclipse. But she can obviously tell what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And again, it's, it's, I think it is, I don't want to say tastefully shot, but it's, it's, it's discreetly shot. But you can hear his belt jingling. Like, you, you know, and she knows right. something's happening. You see her face sort of fall. And she, like, takes the viewfinder down as, like, the sun disappears. And he just tells her, like, keep looking forward, you know, keep looking through the eclipse. Current day, Jesse wakes up from this. It's morning. Unfortunately, the flies have found Gerald's body. So she, so we are now on the next day. Aye. She's alive, but her hands are purple because she's just been like, the, oh, her I arms mean. have been dragging on them all night. Yeah. And she screams as she like tries to move her hands around and tries to move her legs just to get the, um, you know, the Blood circulation flowing. going. Yeah. And she uses her straw to have a little more water and to figure out what the fuck she's going to do. And Gerald tells her, you never told me about the eclipse. And she says, I never told anyone. And she says it wasn't relevant to my life or to our marriage. And faux Jesse's like, hmm, let's see. You married an older man, a lawyer like your father. You married a man who minimized and objectified you like your father. And Jill says, let's not forget my drinking problem. Oh, of course. How could anyone forget your drinking problem? And faux Jesse says, you married into the only dynamic you've ever known, which is he's a man and you're a little girl. That afternoon never really ended for you. And Jesse's like, oh, my God, this is, again, an excellent line. It's like, not only do I have to be here, meeting this room where I'm trapped, I have to also be there. Yeah. Like, for God's sakes. Can like, I at least be in just one of these nightmares at a exactly. time? You know, and faux Jesse says, you had just got your period the month before for the first time. Maybe you smelled the blood and did what dogs do. And, you know, Gerald also sort of implies that he was also sort of, he was stepping out on Jesse. He was, you know, he says, like, speaking of dogs, like, all those weekend trips, those late-night phone calls, dogs got to eat. You know, it's sort of like that's how she yeah. thinks of men as, like, these animals that, like, just need something from her. And her, it's her job to acquiesce to it. Yeah. And Jesse's like, you know, what my father did was not that bad. He didn't rape me. He didn't even touch me. If you're going to blame someone, you could, you could blame my mother for leaving me there or blame my sundress or, you know, what he did to me on that swing wasn't the worst thing someone has ever done to me. And faux Jesse says, no, Christ. that would be what he did to you after that in the bedroom. And even Gerald looks horrified. Yeah. It's like, I'm a piece it's of horrifying. Shit. Yeah. And he's like, well, he didn't do anything. He just talked to me. And Gerald says, wow, okay, so he did nothing on the swing and nothing on the bedroom. Might as well have been a bad dream, huh? 
And Jesse says, you know, that night I remember I did have a dream and it was like I was at the bottom of a well looking up at a woman looking down with the eclipse in the sky. Smell, smell in that well. It was like pennies and oysters. What was in the well? Secrets. Gerald's like, well, who do you think the woman was? And Jesse said, I think it might have been me because I knew she would never tell. And... I okay. I needed her to never tell. And, you know, Gerald's like, okay, so she was like a figment of your imagination, like the man in the corner last night. The corner, you know, the corner of the room last night. And Jesse's like, oh. yep, he also was a bad dream, a trick of the mind. And Gerald says, then why can't you look at the floor? And Jesse looks and sees there's a clearly a human footprint in blood. <sighs> there was someone in the room. No. And Gerald says, he's going to come back tonight. And then your wedding ring will make its way into his case of pretty things. No. And Jesse says, I'm going to shut my eyes and count to 10 and you both will be gone. And Fo Jesse's like, no, stay awake, stay here, stay awake. Like, don't do this. Because she knows that she's going to drop back, you know, sort of like right. retreat into herself. Jesse counts to 10. Unfortunately, when she opens her eyes, they're gone, but she's 12 again. And she's in the bedroom at the cabin. And Jesse, right. like, changes out of her sundress. Immediately, like, already taking it. It's like, yes. okay, I, lo- right. I look too sexy, even though I'm a child. You know, to yeah, my own parents. Making it your own fault when exactly. somebody abuses you, of course. A traditional. And his dad comes in and does, again, it's incredibly vile, but I'm sure this, unfortunately, stuff happens all the time. So it's like, you know, like, I mean, I'm so sorry you were there for that. I, I mean, it's not like I touched you, but still, I think we have to tell your mom, you know. I, and I hate to do it because I know how tense things have been between you and your mom and between me and her. Uh. Um you know, and I think this could make things so much worse. I'm going to be absolutely honest, but I think we have to really tell her. And I'm sure she won't think it's your fault. I mean, she might, but like, we'll tell her. We'll know it's not. Fucking of dick. course, Jesse's like, maybe no, we shouldn't don't. tell her. Right. And Tom has to be like, oh, like, I think it's, if it's going to come out, it should come out now. It can't come out in a week or 10 years. It would be so much worse. Like, if we have to tell, it's going to have to tell now. And Jesse's sobbing, like, please do not tell mom, you know? And he tells her, if you don't tell your mom now, we can never tell anyone. And that's a big responsibility. You might be tempted. And Jesse promises she will never tell. Ugh, so sad. And she's just, be- and he says to her, like, I don't know. I think it would be better for, for it to be out in the open for us to take our medicine. Again, making it like it was her fault, too. Yes. And Jesse's us, like, please, us, exactly. Us. And he says, please don't tell her. And, and Tom says, I've never been able to refuse you anything you really wanted. Again, she's choosing it. And he tells her, okay, Jess, we'll try things your way. And he says, we'll walk out of this room, and it Ooh. never happened. And he, and for the first time, he actually has, like, a real emotion. And he puts his head down, and he, he sort of, like, sobs. And he said, like, I did a shameful thing. And back in the present adult, Jess, he realizes, like, you could look me in the face with all that bullshit lies, but then you put your head down when you said something that was true. And you right. knew that it was shameful. So it's not like you didn't know. I mean, it's like, I, even in that moment, you acknowledged how horrible yeah. it was. And Tom says in the past, you know, he's like, I don't know what came over me. Maybe it was the eclipse. Thank God we'll never see another one. Again, as if that had anything to do with it. And he walks out of the room. He tells her, let's go get the grill going. And 12-year-old Jesse kind of like collapses to bed, like exhausted, sobbing. And she hears a licking sound. And she looks down and she sees the midnight man licking her 12-year-old feet, licking her feet with like glowing yellow eyes. Oh, and of course, adult Jesse wakes up. It's a dream yeah. to find the dog licking her feet, Oy. and she kicks it away. But then it bites her leg. Oh no! And this is like the first animation of that dog's like, "Bitch, you think I don't know you're dying? You're right. next. You I'm know? just waiting." And so he goes over to the corpse and just like eats more of it, and like sits down in the doorway, and, like looks at her. 
And Gerald says, it's like, yeah, that dog's going to try again when you're weaker. And it's the, it's the next afternoon. So she's been there a full day. And now we're heading into the next evening. I would and really she, dread night. Oh, yeah. And it's coming fast. And Gerald says, it's going to take a while for people to find us. You know, you have some women you call friends, you know, back home in New Orleans. But you never let them be close to you. Obviously, again, tied to a trauma. And people only notice me when I'm gone when I don't make my appointments. So I'm guessing it's going to be at least a week until they figure out that we're still here or whenever the housekeeper and gardener are supposed to come back. And he says, at the end, they'll call it death by misadventure. We were playing a harmless game. And maybe someone will notice your wedding ring is gone, but they won't look for it. And they won't know it's in the midnight man's bag. And you did see him. As people who die in the lonely places do. It was death. And tonight when the sun goes down, he'll be back for you. And Jesse realizes, I'm going to die. And no. Gerald tells her, everything dies. Unfortunately, Allison, I got to ask you at this point, who will survive? Who will survive? I don't think Gerald will make it. <laughs> yes, that's very um, reasonable. As he has been half consumed by a dog at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that Jesse will make it. Okay. But maybe at the cost of the midnight man's life. Great. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, how much do we have to care about him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Concerned? I care a lot about him not existing anymore, but right. I, it seems like he does. <laughs> and then the dog. Do we think the dog's going to make it out of here? No. Yeah. Sadly. That's my prediction. I know people are like, is the dog okay? And it's like, yeah, let the lady die. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I, in a perfect world, the dog makes it and has a new family and she and the dog live happily ever after because <laughs> she takes care of it really nicely and has something to love that loves her back. And also, but, it, it did eat Gerald, you know, and it props yeah. for that, yeah. So, I don't know. I yeah. have low expectations for happiness at the end of this, but I do think that Jesse will make it out of here somehow. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In Jesse's mind, Gerald has now become her father, Tom, and he says, you're going to sleep. And Jesse passes out. In her dream, we see adult Jesse is watching the eclipse from the swing, and she walks into the cabin, and she sees her childhood self sitting on the bed in her sundress, and adult Jesse tells her, I'm sorry. And child Jesse says, I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to remember. And adult Jesse's like, you don't think I don't remember every second of it? how mom could see something was very wrong, but then didn't see how I never felt like part of the family ever again. And I felt like if I told it would destroy everything. And kid Jesse's like, I'm not talking about that. You've had everything you need to survive from the beginning. You just have to remember not, not the eclipse, not all that afterwards. 
and adult Jesse goes back in her memory, and we are at dinner that night with 12-year-old Jesse after the eclipse. And Jesse, of course, is dead silent. The rest of the family is, like, gabbing out the eclipse and the boat. And her mom, Sally, asks Jesse, did you have fun during the eclipse? And her father, Tom, goes and he puts his hand on his wife's pregnant stomach. And she's been pregnant this whole time. Jesse crushes her water glass in her hand, and her shards go into her palm. And everyone in the family is like, whoa. Like, she didn't even mean to do it. It just was, like, the reaction. Yeah. And he rushes her out, and there's this moment where she turns back. Uh, he's rushing her to the bathroom. And she looks, and we see her mother has a look of, like, half-realization pass over her face, and then it's gone. And I think that was the moment where it was like, if something were to happen, but again— you know, it's like all these yeah. moments that could, things of could course. have come to light. Yeah. Yes, yes. And Jesse, uh, he, he takes, he picks the glass out of her hand. And in the modern day, adult Jesse wakes up and she looks up at the water glass. And faux Jesse is there and she says, This is going to hurt like hell. But until it clots, blood is as slick as oil. And Gerald's like, I know where this is headed. It's not going to work. This is a horrible idea. And Jesse says, it might not work, but what are my other options? She's the not sun wrong. Is, the sun is going down. The midnight man is coming. Use that glass. Well, and, I mean, you know. <laughs> order yourself up uh, Allison Special. Allison Special. Uh, why just use the blood when you could just be away from the midnight man? Give <laughs> yeah. him to his own game. I hope so, unless you end up with him permanently in eternity. Oh, God. So Fo Jesse says, let's visualize the whole thing because all of it, once you start it, it will go very fast, okay? And Jesse reaches up, her hands, she's already like shaking, she's so weak, and this she grabs the glass. This is happening or? This is really happening. Imagine it, okay. This is happening. Jesse smashes the glass against the edge of the shelf and then takes the biggest shard and kind of jams it into like a crack in the wood. And then she starts dragging it around her wrist and up her palm. <sighs> Allison, she slides her hand through the cuff and it basically degloves her hand. <gasps> it pulls the skin up, and the bones and tendons are visible. But luckily, once she gets it through, the, oh the skin kind of snaps back down. So her hand is incredibly injured, but she's able to pull it out. Yes. Of course, then she reaches for her phone. Her phone's fucking dead. Also, her hand is incredibly injured, so it's like she could barely Right, now it. she's bleeding. So she has to get up, and she starts dragging this huge, heavy bed over to the bureau to get the handcuff key. Of course, she has to grab it with her free hand. It's wrecked. Which is, she, yeah. She drops oh. it. Oh, my God. It's so stressful. Every moment. I mean, and also, Gerald's phone is also dead. And so yeah. she, she finally is able to get the key, and she unlocks the key, and she runs to the faucet, and she's drinking and drinking. And she grabs two uh, pads, and she uses it to make, like, a bandage for her hand, which is very smart. I would have just run out the door. I wouldn't have even thought about that. No. But she is dumping blood. Like, she's yeah. losing blood. She also hasn't eaten, you know. Yeah. So she starts to lose consciousness. Allison, she falls to the ground. And when she wakes up, it is the middle of the night. And the dog is gnawing at her bandage. Oh, my God. And she sees that Gerald's face is mutilated. It's his ears, eyes, and nose are gone. No. And she shoves the dog away and she grabs the car keys only to see the dog whining and growling at the bedroom door. And finally, we see at the end of the hallway, he's back. It's the Midnight Man. Midnight Man. And because Jesse is taking back her power, Go she find sees another him. house, bro. I know exactly. Bitch, you already been here. But she sees him at the end of the hallway and because she, this is her taking her power back, she walks towards him. And she tells him, because again, she's still like losing her mind from law, yeah. blood loss. She says, you're only made of moonlight, Okay. <laughs> 
You're only made of moonlight. And, uh, by the way, we see around his neck is a necklace with a human ear on it. Oh, cool. And he, he stares at her, and she takes off her wedding ring, and she puts it in his bag, and she leaves, and he lets her go. Unfortunately, she then has to, like, drive down this, like, windy road in the darkness, and she sees in the darkness Gerald this time dressed, sort of waving goodbye for the last time. And she's veering all over the road. She keeps losing consciousness, and in her unconsciousness, she blinks, and she's driving under a blood-red moon. And in the backseat, the midnight man is there, and he puts his arm around her from behind, and he whispers in her ear the nickname her father had called her, Mouse. And the car slams into a tree. <gasps> Fortunately, it alerts people at a nearby cabin, and Jesse's able to wake up and, being incredibly injured, get out of the car and fall to the ground. Months later, we see Jesse, who has survived. She has a medical glove, and she's writing her younger self a letter, which we hear in voiceover. And she said, I've had three surgeries. My hand still doesn't work quite right, and it hurts to write. But this, this letter should hurt to write. And the cops accepted her story about having amnesia about what happened. Because she's like, I, I, I didn't want people to know. I couldn't deal with it. Gerald's firm kept the sordid details out of the paper, and the insurance paid out. So, like, she's kind of set, right? Okay. Like, an insane right. life insurance policy. Right. And also, no one has to know, like, the horrific details. However, much like, you know, the horrific details of her childhood, she's sort of still running into, she did not confront the, fa- the thing that it was lingering from this is the midnight man. So every night when she goes to sleep, she says, she would see the midnight man, he'd have glowing red eyes, be staring at her, and she would wake up. And when he would show her his bag in the dream, it had the handcuffs inside. And she says that the cops could never find her wedding ring. So she's like, this was a real person. I gave my wedding ring to that person. Who is that person that was in that house? What What was his deal? And she says, you know, what got me through all those sleepless nights was you, you and your sunless world, always in that swing, meaning yourself as a child. You needed me to understand that his shackles were silenced. And we see her, Tom, kneeling in front of the child, Jesse, and putting handcuffs on her. And his, meaning Gerald's, were comfort. And those are symbolized by her truly gigantic wedding ring. But, you know, it's like she went from, yes. again, being controlled by a man and to being in a marriage where she was controlled mimicking the man. same, yes. you know, the, the cycle of trauma. Yeah. Yes. So she took, I'm going to, like, cry. It's just, like, it's just it's, nice. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, so, uh, so Jesse takes the insurance money and starts a foundation to help survivors of incest and childhood Aww. sexual abuse. And she said, I spent so long not telling my story. I tell it every day. We see her, like, meeting with young people. Sorry. It's just nice. It is really nice. And, like, it's, I feel like so rarely in horror, especially when we, like, dive into these topics and these, like, really horrific things that really happen to, like, a lot of people. Like, we don't get this, like, neatly tied up in this way, like, seeing it all the way through. Like, to yeah, be like, like she what starts happens the foundation. Months later. She's yeah, we in therapy see so much. After yeah, that. we just see, like, and then they have to kind of reconcile their, you know, decades of emotional trauma, but at least they escape this, like, m- yeah, they're moment in the back of, danger. of a truck. They're in the right. back of a pickup truck escaping. We don't get to see someone who's been, yeah. like, processing things, who's actually Yikes. working on it, who's, yeah. like, doing the social work to, like, move things forward for people who are victims. Like, it is really, like, lovely. Now I'm going to cry. It's really lovely. <laughs> I, yeah, and I, that's why I really think this is, like, 
because I was doing this thing as people saying that this movie is kind of unfilmable because of the subject matter. And I really think Mike, Mike Flanagan did the best possible version of it. Yeah, totally. In addition to being like tasteful and like thoughtful, it, it, it is Not like- exploitative of those experiences. It's, it, and it enhances the elements of it that are like relevant and well mm-hmm. done. Which is now we're getting into the the, fi- the finale of it, which is where we, you know, what happened uh, helped her days and nights is she waited for the Moonlight Man to show up. So she's kind of like, I, I always, I didn't, I couldn't resolve the Moonlight Man part of it. Well, Allison, six months after that weekend, um, she sees in the paper the arrest of Raymond Andrew Joubert, the crypt keeper in mm-hmm. Fairhope, Alabama, which is where they had been. Um, the Moonlight Man was real. And apparently yeah. he vandalized local cemeteries in Louisiana and Missouri. He started by robbing corpses of their jewelry, but escalated taking ears, nose, noses, eyes, and even the genitals of corpses after, of course, having sex with them. So... Fortunately, in Jesse's words, he struck strictly to the gentleman that was clearly extremely lucky for me. So I think we're to think when, when we saw Gerald, um, like his I, eyes and nose were gone, that, that he had dog. taken them. That was yeah. not the dog. It was the moon, Moonlight Man. And the reason, the only reason he got caught is he had attacked a living man, like who was like asleep, and that guy was able to fight him off. He also suffers from um, acromegaly, which is why his skull is so large. Again, a very Stephen King element to this. Yes, totally. So when they when the Moonlight Man was arrested, or Joe Bear, so um, Raymond Andrew Joe Bear was arrested. The cops went to his only known address and found his sister and her husband, who he called Mommy and Daddy. Again, so fraught. There's implying so much about his yeah, like why he ended up this way. They had both been scalped, and Daddy had been mostly eaten. And Allison, they found fifty bell jars full of eyes, lips, and other trophies. And she said, in her letter, Jesse says, and that's why I'm writing you this, Mouse, because the monster was real. The monster was always real. And it was sort of like trusting yourself to identify the truth mm-hmm. of a situation. It's like, I knew this happened with my father, and I knew it was a big deal, even though yeah. I tried to play it down. Right. And I knew this monster, I had to deal with the fact that this monster was real. Yeah. You know. So she goes to his public arraignment. And we see a reporter outside the courthouse say, like, Jobert has not spoken a word since his arrest, even to his lawyers. And Jesse, I just think, like, this, I don't know if this kind of thing would happen. She walks up the aisle in his hearing and just yells, hey. And Jobert turns around and he immediately recognizes her and he says, you're not real. You're only made of moonlight. And he rips through his zip ties because he's also, like, gigantic but Jesse walks towards him. And as she does, like, his face changes to Tom's and to Gerald's. Right, you know, of course. Her father, her husband. And she gets up to him and she says, you're so much smaller than I remember. And she turns and she walks out. And I'm like, Judge, get a control of your courtroom. What is yeah, happening here? You can't just walk up to somebody during an arraignment yeah. as just like, who, me? I'm just like a lady who also is like a part of this crime See, like the crime that you're going to be eventually hearing, like it, right? I it, 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 so that's the only thing. I'm like, all right. But then finally, Jesse walks out of the courtroom, and we see her instead of we've, every time we've seen her, sort of like in the wide. It's under the red uh, eclipse sun, and as she mm. walks, we see her walking under a normal yellow sun. The oh. end, Allison. Wow, it's also nice. That's a nice ending. That I is mean, a horrible nice ending. We had horrific all this horrible in so many ways, and, but but at um, least good for good for Jesse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not great for um, for Gerald, that's for sure. And I guess the Moonlight Man, this is probably the best case scenario for him. Yeah. And that dog, I mean, got played to eat, so. Yeah, see, he seems you know. fine. Yeah. I'm sure somebody came back and was like, what's your deal, buddy? Yeah. 
took care of him. Um, Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the in the film Gerald's Game? Fatal mistakes. Jumping to the handcuffs and using those hand, like using yeah. in like industrial police handcuffs when you are when it's just the two of you in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah, you want to do that when there's kind of a group thing going on and there's more than one person who is able to access safety for people. Sure. Yeah. But when it's just the two of you and you're on a lake and it's a week before any human being is probably going to walk through that isn't the midnight man, (laughs) then like maybe you don't use those handcuffs. You use something, a Spencer's gift, a a bachelorette style. Yes. Something. And then work up to that kind of thing if you need to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I um, it reminded me of. I remember there, I was watching. Um, oh God, oh, there's like a inter- interview series on on YouTube called um, Soft White Underbelly, where this guy just like interviews a bunch of people, like sex workers, but a lot of people in L.A. And mm-hmm. this one woman that he interviewed, she is a medical fetishist, which I guess there's a whole spectrum of what that is. But her thing is sure. meeting people and being sedated, like being put under with like. I'm assuming like propofol or I don't know like what you actual actually sedatology style drugs. And I'm like, yeah, that's not something you found out first up. You know what I mean? That's something that you had. It took years of being like, I'm gonna. Apparently, it's this. The, the handcuffs. You got to start. Yeah, use a sock, tie a, a scarf, something right. that could be yeah, a more silk tie. Something yeah. that like if the things if things happen to be worst case scenario, which absolutely this was. Yeah. Like. If one of you dies, you don't need both of you to die just because you chose like a yeah. stronger handcuff. Like, yeah. I also I think that Gerald kind of made it out of this, maybe in the best case possible, considering <laughs> that's the, true. The Moonlight Man was coming and maybe would have tried to kill him in his sleep. And I mean, yeah, because I, I, I'm like, are we supposed to think that the Moonlight Man had sex with Gerald's body? I don't uh, know because it seems like at the when they say at the yeah. end, I'm like, I guess that's what we're supposed to think. Unless that's something he evolved to after he had done. The face stuff. Yeah. Boy, you know, I would like to see the spinoff about Moonlight Man. I would Just like ha- to see how that. we got here uh, behind the music. And then the only will. other fatal mistake is not dealing with your childhood trauma. But like, I mean. She was clearly set up to not be able to because of the dynamic that she had with her father and how he handled all of that. So. Yeah. So it's like she got there. Thank God she did. Like yeah. otherwise, you know, she would have just not remembered it and then not not gotten that vital piece of information, which is, oh, right, glass, I could use this to cut my own hand off, yes. basically, to escape. And it worked. So child Jesse came through in a pinch. Yes. And I think that's, you know, it's a, a wonderful moment. And then finally, on the spooky scale, Allison, of one to ten screams, where are, we, where are we having Gerald's game fall? A spooky scale. I got to give this, like... A 7.5, maybe an 8. I think, yeah. like, again, that it's all stuff that can happen. Um, and I think just, like, the concept of being trapped is so scary. And also, like, they don't even address bathroom. Um, yeah. So, like, which they is don't very address sc- bathroom. They don't address bathroom. Address bathroom. Please. Um, we ask you. We pick a address. Ba- we must address bathroom. Um, yeah. I th- and then, like, also, like finding out Moonlight Man is real in retro, like, over, is is so scary. Even though, like, I yeah. think we could see that coming, and like, especially knowing that that 
news report from early on, I was like, mm, I see where this might be going. But like, yeah. thinking somebody is fake, like that something is fake, and finding out it's real is chilling, horrifying. Um, and then what about I you? I w- I'm going to give it a five because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it. I think it was incredibly well done, but I think a lot of it was not scary in mm. in a sense. It, it yes. felt more like a. I thought a well done drama. Mm. Um, like the initial horror is awful, and we see like obviously the gore of like her taking her hand off is awful. Um, but a lot of it was just sort of you know like I appreciate the the way in which he tried to explore these things and how you repeat cycles of trauma. Yeah, in a way that I feel like some other movies sort of pay lip service to, but this felt like they really did a deep dive and really yeah. tried to do something with it that felt meaningful. You know, if you're going to tackle something with this with like the element of abuse in it, you got to do a good job, or else yeah, what are we doing? You can't just like do a drive by. You could like either like get into it or or yeah. leave it for somebody who will. Exactly. Yeah. Not everybody needs to do every movie, and yes. uh, yet that I understand that seems to be the the policy right now, where it's like mm-hmm. who's willing to do this? Yep. Um, well, Allison, I, I hope you enjoyed that as much as you could enjoy a horrific tale of of childhood abuse and, and captivity. Did. Okay, good. Great. <laughs> um, and we hope that you guys enjoyed it. And um, if you're watching this in the future because you're a Patreon subscriber for us, um, I hope you enjoyed um, our lovely video time together. And if you you're listening to this and you liked Hallie's hair, and if you're listening to this in current time it getting released, um, stay tuned for Patreon details soon because they will be coming uh, any moment, really. <laughs> And I guess the only thing left to do is to ask you to all please um, keep it keep it spooky. Keep it keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Keep, yeah. spooky. keep, keep, spooky. Yep, keep it spooky. Great. Yeah, we got it. We're still knocking the rust off. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.